Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Becky at a Chuckery show. Hanging out in the Key Studios Monday night with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, obviously a massive weekend coming up here in college football, as they always do. I mean, again, opening weekend in college football is just like the Daytona 500, right? You get the granddaddy of them all to start off the season. Always great uh, action on opening weekend Fridays. Well, actually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Action all weekend long. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Matt Merchell, National College Football Writer for the Orlando Sentinel. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page, at OS Matt Merchell. Matt, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes uh, here on the show with me tonight. No problem. Thanks for having me on. You know, I, I want to start because part of the reason I, I, I wanted to have you on is um, to talk a little bit about Florida State. And, and I think you and I talked about this a little bit the last time. But, you know, I, uh, when I start looking around the landscape of college football, that I, I think everything has come together for Mike Norvell in this Florida State team. They've got their quarterback, running backs, defensive line is going to be outstanding. You know, again, this is this is a a big year for Florida State where it feels like, and I know you wrote about this, you know, that maybe they're back. How big of a game is this against LSU? When's the last time Florida State really kind of played in a game that could be this important in how many years? Uh, it's, it's been a while. It's been over. It's got to be close to a decade. I mean, you know, 2017, 2016 was probably the last time they were actually playing in relevant games, you know, where they were ranked in the top 10. Um, ever since then, after Jimbo Fisher left to go to Texas A&M, you know, they went through a, a carousel of coaches um, until they got to Mike Norvell. And, and by the time Mike Norvell took over this program, you know, it was just in a sorry state. And you look at the, the, the roster he had was in the beginning in 2020 was, was nowhere near what it needed to be. It was, it was not a, a, a top-caliber roster. Um, and, and he's been able to, you know, in a short period of time, rebuild that, that talent pool and, and, and do it through a transfer portal and through recruiting. But this game this weekend, I mean, this could, this could say a lot for where, where Florida State's direction of the Florida State program is going. I mean, if they were to get a win against the top five team, you know, basically in their own backyard, so to speak, here in Orlando, um, you know, in, in the national TV audience, I mean, it, it would be huge. It would, it would give them a boost in recruiting. It would give them a boost in, and I'm sure from the boosters and, and, and the donations aspect of things, those are all the elements that they need to kind of improve on if they want to get back to where they've been, you know, back in the, in the 90s, in the heydays, under Bobby Bowden and everyone. I mean, so this is a big weekend for them. Now, now if they lose this game, I'm not saying this, you know, throws the whole season off. But I, I think it depends on how they play in this game. It goes to show where maybe they have an opportunity to still make a big statement today. This weekend. Well, well, and Matt, you know, to that, I mean, look, it's not going to be easy getting out of the month of September because, again, they've got Clemson and LSU in that first month. And I will say that if they, if they get through those two teams, they're in the playoffs. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it, that I, I, I'm high on Florida State to be a playoff team this year. And I really do think if they get out of this first month unscathed, and maybe it's maybe it's good in some ways to catch LSU and Clemson early in the year, but if they get out of this first month, I don't see a reason why Florida State won't be a playoff team. Yeah, you you would really really believe that. I mean, you look at the rest of their schedule. October's got nobody: Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Duke. I would say that Pittsburgh game at Pittsburgh on November fourth could be a challenge for them. It's a road game, and you know Pitts played played well, but. 
But outside of that, I mean, and, and you know, you, you go to Florida at the end of the year, but again, I don't think the Gators are going to be anywhere near as, as, as relevant as they've been in the past. So um, yeah, if they get through those two games, I mean, you got to imagine that this is a Florida state team. that's probably going to be ranked in the top four. It's going to get into the playoff picture. And, and that alone would be huge. I mean, you think about where this program has been and, and, and where they would like to be at, and especially for Mike Norvell to, 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 to really showcase the buy-in, the chemistry that he's built, the family atmosphere that he's put together with this program. I mean, to get to that point, to get to a playoff appearance, um, it'd be outstanding for them. And I'm sure it would do, you know, the, the ACC would love to have um, Florida State representing them, you know, because it's a national television brand, much like Clemson was as well. You know, when we get to next Tuesday, um, I, you know, I, I think the national media is going to have some fun because I think I think the South, I think the SEC goes zero and three in three of their big games. I think South Carolina gets beat by North Carolina. I think Florida State beats LSU, and I think Florida is going to get hammered uh, when they go out to Utah. I think Utah's a, a sleeping giant, and and they want some payback for that game last year. What would it say? I mean, again, Georgia and Alabama are the cream of the crop, and that's who's going to rule, you know, the SEC. But it would be interesting if South Carolina, LSU, and Florida all lose in kind of their sort of marquee matchups in opening weekend. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you. I think you look at that Utah game. Utah's a, a tough place to win. Uh, Kyle Whittingham's done an amazing job with that program. Florida goes on the road. I, I think this Florida team's better than they were last year. I just don't know if the record's going to show it. You know, I, I think they, they've got better players, and I think their players have, have taken that next step under, under, you know, Billy Napier. But I just think it's a tough place to win on a Thursday night, you know, in Utah. So I think that's going to – I think that's – you're very much on the road on that one. And South Carolina, we're just not really sure what Shane Beamer's team is going to be. And, and, you know, yes, they're going to take care of – you know, they're going to get North Carolina, and they're going to get Drake May. But, you know, we, which, which South Carolina team are we going to see? I mean, you look at last year, remember, they got beat. They got embarrassed by Florida. And then the following week, they, they, they pummeled Tennessee, you know, and then they, and then they go on and, and, and beat Clemson. So you got to wonder what kind of South Carolina team is this going to be, you know, when they face North Carolina. And you got to imagine that Drake May, with, with some of the weapons he has, you know, is going to put up some big numbers. So it could be a, a very interesting weekend for the SEC uh, looking around and, and, and starting things off and where some of these teams are going to land. Matt Michelle joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline, National College Football Writer for the Orlando Sentinel. Um, are they going to get the Central Florida game in on Thursday? I mean, I know obviously all the hurricanes and we're dealing with rain and stuff here through Atlanta. What's the prognosis of that game getting played on Thursday? Yeah, you know, at this point they've they've all said that everyone has said that they're they're still on schedule to play on Thursday. I know I talked to, to Kent State spokesperson this morning and said, listen, their plan was to leave Wednesday afternoon, um, fly into Orlando. They believe the storm's going to miss you know Orlando area in the morning or on Wednesday morning, and they're going to be able to fly in Wednesday afternoon to be there. I'm not so sure if that's going to be able to happen. I think, I think it's being optimistic. I think more than likely what could happen is you could see Kent State come down here Tuesday, tomorrow afternoon, and maybe hang out and, and, and ride out the storm and, and then maybe try to get that game in. I think the biggest question is going to be where does the storm go when you look at the path? You know, is it going to you know, cause a lot of damage and devastation? Because believe me, having been through this many, many times in my life, you know, Hosting a football game is the least thing to be thinking about during all this. And it also takes away from you know, EMTs and fire department and police. If they're busy doing other things, you don't necessarily want to have a game. So you could maybe see that game get pushed on a Friday. But at this point right now, everyone it still says it's a go for Thursday night. You know, Matt, let me ask you about the 
Clemson-Duke game coming up on, on Monday. And, you know, I've been to Wallace Wade Stadium. It's not exactly the most intimidating place to have to play, um, you know, a college football game. But there is a lot of questions about what direction Clemson is going to be. And, and I, I don't think it's a matter of Clemson losing to Duke or whatever like that. But I really do think that they're – I think for Clemson, they need some style points. Like, they need to look like the old Clemson. And I don't know. Like I've said, the last two years, they have not been coached very well on offense. Like, their coaching philosophy has not been very good. It's not that they don't have players, but their coaching has, I think, really let them down. How important is this game just for Clemson to get that eye appeal back, that eye test back where – okay, you know, we take Clemson as a serious contender for a national title. Yeah, I think it's very important. I mean, listen, you're taking on a Duke team that had a great year last year. You know, Mike Elko's done a great job. You know, this is a team that's, that, you know, is going to give them a little bit of trouble. But if you're Clemson, you know, you got to come out there and showcase yourself offensively. I mean, you got a new offensive coordinator and Garrett Riley. Garrett Riley's job is to basically make this offense more exciting. You've got a, a, a top-talent quarterback in Kate Klubnick. You hope that he's the guy that's going to be able to step up and make plays. You've got talents all around him with Will Shipley, you know, running back. You've got talented receivers. Your offensive line comes back. This, to me, is where you've got to showcase that offense. You've got to show the development at the quarterback position. That's something that Clemson hasn't done over the last three or four years. It's not because they haven't had the talent. It's just they somehow have not been able to get the things to work out right. I mean, G.J. Ugolele was supposed to be the next big thing from Trevor Lawrence. And he just he just fell apart. They they just couldn't find a way to get him to play better. And then now you've got Cade. And yes, they made some a, a strong push last year. But you've got to think at some point they've got to be even stronger this year if they feel like they're going to do, make any sort of statement. And against a Duke team that, that's going to you know that's going to challenge them a little bit. You know, I think I think this is a Duke team that's got a good defensive line that's going to come forward and try to put a lot of pressure on them. So I think this is a this is a big showcase for them. And they got to want they want to start out on the right foot because they realize. As you mentioned earlier, they got Florida State a couple weeks away, and they want to make sure they handle that game just as well. And, Matt, I, I will say I think what's going to be the most fun battle in college football, and this is kind of my take on it, I think the most fun battle is going to be who's going to win the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year award. It's going to be Blake Corum or Marvin Harrison Jr. Because I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in college football, and I would not be in the least bit surprised with the way the NFL values the wide receiver position and is paying these guys ungodly sums of money to be wide receivers in the league now, I wouldn't be surprised at all, even with all the quarterbacks, if Marvin Harrison's not the number one overall pick next year in the draft. Yeah, I think it, it depends a lot on, on what the performances are. Like if Caleb Williams comes out and wins another Heisman, let's not think that he's not going to somehow, you know, I mean, that wouldn't put his name at the top of that list. But I agree with you. I mean, if, if the quarterbacks are okay this year, you know, you're, you, if I'm a GM, an NFL GM, I, I look at a wide receiver. I look at someone who can get the ball in his hands and do multiple things. Um, yes, quarterback is an important position, but wide receiver is very much important. We know that, that running backs are, are devalued in the NFL, so that to me would be a guy I would want to go after. Not to saying that Blake Quorum isn't an outstanding running back and is going to put up big numbers again, but, but to go to the NFL, he's a guy that's not going to get picked, you know, in, in, until late in the first round more than likely. And where Harrison would probably be, like you said, first, second, maybe third pick of the overall of the draft, depending on what happens to the quarterback situation. Yeah, and again, I think if the Houston Texans are 
sitting there at number one, I would I would not understand how they would not take Marvin Harrison and partner him back up with C.J. Stroud. But that's just me. You know, again, those guys have done pretty well with uh, one another. Um, Matt, give me a team in one of the group of five that could make some noise this year. I mean, obviously we've seen Cincinnati over the last few years make some noise. Obviously Tulane had a really good year last year. Give me a group of five team that you've got your eye on that you think could be pretty good or upset the apple cart this year. Well, I think, you know, I think, you know, you talked about Tulane, you know, I mean, I, I still think Tulane is going to be a, a strong showcase this year. I mean, you know, the, the American needs someone to step up uh, now that UCF and Cincinnati and Houston have left. Um, I think Tulane, Willie Fritz has always been one of those underrated coaches, in my opinion, a guy who could definitely step in and, and, and find a way to, to continue this program and get it up there. I think UTSA is one of those programs too, as well. That's been just right there. Um, they had a strong season last year. Um, again, can they can they make a push? Is it enough to get into the, the college football playoff, you know, like into the New Year's Six college football playoff mix? Maybe, maybe you're looking at it. Um, I would also, you know, argue that you could look at a team like a Boise State. You know, Boise State is, 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 has always seemed to have been on the cusp of being right there, maybe to make a big push. Uh, they did it under Chris Peterson. Um, um, Brian Harson obviously had to take them to the next level. Uh, they've been down a little bit here or there. But, again, you're talking about the Mountain West. What can you showcase in the Mountain West? Um, you know, I think, to me, it's, it's not going to be a team from the American maybe so much so that that is the top team. I think, I'm looking at maybe the Sun Belt or Mountain West. I, I think the American takes a little step back this year, and I think those two conferences, the group of five conferences, maybe produce a team because, again, lots of realignment, lots of teams have gone in there, and I think both those, those, those conferences have gotten a little bit stronger. Matt, uh, last question for you. I mean, look, there's no question about the strength and the power of the University of, of Georgia. Is there anything that you see on the horizon that could be a stumbling block? I, I, I don't see with their regular season schedule, and obviously with Oklahoma not on the schedule, I, I don't see a reason why they're not 12-0 and heading to the SEC title game this year. Well, if they're not twelve and zero, and they get to and, and and they get to the SEC championship game, I would be disappointed. It would be a disappointment yeah. because yeah. Um, you look at their schedule. I mean, this is this is not the strongest of schedules, believe me, as we all know. And and I think that you know, even with a new quarterback, even with Carson Beck coming in, and you know, you have enough talent on the defensive side of the football that they're going to keep games close. And as long as you don't turn the ball over, and as long as you don't, you know, really, you know, get you know, shoot yourself in the foot. I, I think they have an opportunity to be in every game. They should they should win every game by double digits going into that. Then you get into the, the, the SEC championship game, and that remains to be seen who they end up facing, and maybe that may be a big of a challenge. But I, I figure they're going to get to the to the college football playoff. I think they're going to be right there once again. Um, and, I, and they've got a good chance. If everything comes together and gels right, they've got a good chance to get that third straight national championship, which would be unbelievable when you think about in today's day and age. I mean, last one happened in, what, Minnesota in, in, in the mid-30s. So um, for, for when you look at a guy like Kirby Smart, the job he's been able to do at Georgia um, and, and to be able to reload after all the pieces they, they lost after going to the NFL, um, I, I just think everything just worked out really well for them. If that schedule is a little tougher, maybe you, you point to some things, but there's no one on this schedule that I look at right now that I, that I, I think has any chance really of making it difficult for them. I, I said last question, but a quick 30-second answer. You know, as the SEC is going to go away from divisions next year, the ACC is obviously going divisionless this year. Do you like division play, or, or do you like the idea of, like, what the Big 12 has done, just 
you have every team top to bottom and the top two teams play each other for the conference championship? You know, I, 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 and I've kind of back and forth on this. I do like divisions at times because I do think that, you know, coaches like this idea and players like the idea of being a division champion. You know, it makes things a little easier when you're looking at the conference championship game. But having been around the ACC for a while and you see what, you know, the ACC really kind of struggled that for many years, Clemson being the top team, and then, you know, the second-best team, sometimes it wasn't even from the same division. You know, I mean, maybe it would be from the Coastal Division, you know, I mean, and, 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 or, or, and Atlantic as well. And so, you know, I, I think not having divisions works for me. I think, you know, getting the two best teams out there and let's see what happens. And, and, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to benefit people. I know coaches kind of grumble about it um, and players do sometimes, but I, I think not having divisions is going to work out really well for, for college football in the future. Matt Michelle is a national college football writer for the Orlando Sentinel. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page, at OSMattMichelle, and he joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Matt, as always, buddy, appreciate the, the conversation. Good stuff uh, tonight, as always, and uh, we'll certainly chat again here through the season. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Take you care. Got it. When we get back from the top of the hour, Falcons flyover coming up. Pro Football Focus, and I've been waiting for this article for a little while. Pro Football Focus has their three bold predictions in the NFC South, and specifically each of the teams with the Atlanta Falcons. And let me just preface, it ain't so bold, um, but we'll talk about that next. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, and that's on the game, odyssey.com app. 